You know, the Lord has never stopped working in the most mysterious ways. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. And God has never stopped working. And it's a cliche, mysterious ways, uh, and it's true. He's never stopped doing that. I am into now the light coffee stage, the Zen roast of bone frog coffee. In a prior life, I would have been pretty embarrassed to admit the fact that I'm drinking light roast, but the Zen roast from bonefrog.us, I'm not embarrassed at all. Actually, a great way to lead into the afternoon. This is going to get into news. I'm going to do a thing that just occurred to me driving home. This is one of those shows. I understand there's no show sheet in front of me. I just walked in the door and I went out of the, I came out of the gym. A little bit of an exciting time, a little bit of a frustrating time. I uh, got the okay from coach to lift some weights again. And I've been lifting weights, but this is sort of full body stuff and generating some power and things I've not been allowed to do for about 12 weeks. And it was exciting and it was frustrating. So I came out a little bit of excitement, a little bit of self-pity. And then this experience occurred to me. Do, do you remember this movie called Crazy Heart? Jeff Bridges was in that <clears throat> Um, I think Robert Duvall was in that. I think there, there were a bunch of people. Colin Farrell was in it. Um, Ryan Bingham. Uh, was he the songwriter? And in my mood I was in, and, and this is like a little mini music review. I didn't expect the music from that movie to be so good. And it's this really tragic story about a um, Jeff Bridges is a burned out drunken musician and, and he does little tours of little honky tonks and he used to be a big deal. And he ends up, uh, of course, sleeping with a woman because why do you need marriage? And that was all a very good idea to sleep with this woman he barely knew. And she had a little girl and the little girl said, hey, I know I'll let the drunk cowboy singer uh, take my little girl to the mall. And lo and behold, drunk cowboy singer loses the little girl at the mall. And therefore breaks up with this woman who is one third his age and not drunk. I mean, it's a Hollywood. So that was the movie. And then uh, Colin Farrell comes along and something happens and I don't want to ruin it. But I didn't expect the music to mean anything to me. And like I said, this is going to get straight into news. Because it's just so related to me. But this this song, uh, this is something someone could play in their living room. And there's some magic to this song. I don't know what it is. Um, it's the quality of voice. It's the cadence. Um, there's nothing happening music theory wise. Um, it's the, it's not, it's, it's a listlessness. It's a bleakness. The song is called the weary kinds. Um, and it's directly from the movie.
cops on the loose You rolled them sevens with nothing to lose And this ain't no place for the weary kind You called all your shots Shooting a ball at the corner truck stop Somehow this don't feel like home anymore And this ain't no place for the weary kind This ain't no place to lose your mind So I feel a little old, a little sorry for myself, a little excited to be back into kind of doing something I love to do. I walked into a breakfast joint and it's a breakfast joint that does breakfast late. So you can get breakfast nearly any time of day. And there's a father and a little girl and they're sitting there at the counter or next to the counter, they're a seat facing each other. And she's in this stunning little, cute little, just stunningly bright little dress. Uh, I mean, it's like, you just burn your eyes out, bright emerald green. And she's a just, just darling little kid having her chocolate milk or uh, hot chocolate with um, whipped cream. She looked a lot like her father. They both have brown hair. He's got this really long hair, Idaho man, long beard. And she just loves her dad. And she just, she's just alone with her dad. And that's all that mattered. Uh, and <laughs> he was doting on her, this big Idaho man. He was doting on his little one. Making sure that she's drinking her water because you got to stay hydrated as you have your big meal. Your big man meal. And it brought me back to a reality. You know, I do show prep all the time. And I'm sitting there at the restaurant and I'm, I'm show prepping. And sometimes my system isn't that great because I, um, I don't like tech. So I email myself stories. It's the funkiest little system. I know there's better ways to do it. I know, I know I could use the Evernote and, and I could use a lot of tools, but this works for me and I'm old and weary. And I see this headline. Two of the most prominent Republicans running for governor in Michigan are ineligible after failing to submit enough valid signatures to make it on the ballot. From Fox News, Republicans seem to lost two of their most serious contenders for the gubernatorial election in Michigan. Um, Chief James Craig of the Detroit Police Department and businessman Perry Johnson, two of the most prominent Republicans running against the dictator. It's my words, not Fox News's. They call her a governor. I call her a dictator. Gretchen Whitmer. Both failed to produce the valid signatures necessary to get on the ballot. This is totally trolling. 
They dare, they dare the Republicans to come back and say, no, 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 those ballots should count. Gubernatorial candidates are required to submit 15,000 valid signatures to appear on the ballot. According to the Bureau, the affected candidates were victimized via a series of petitioners who obtained nothing but invalid or otherwise unusable signatures, putting them well below the mark. So, oh, so they were, they were victimized. They were defrauded. Oh, well, wait a minute. It's impossible to, to, to rig an election. Michigan's petition process is fatally flawed because it easily allows criminals to victimize candidates for public office and the thousands of supporters who legitimately sign petitions, Johnson said of the situation in a campaign statement on Monday. We must bring quality to petition process by allowing campaigns a mechanism to compare signatures that are gathered by circulators who's uh, with signatures on the qualified voter file to ensure legitimacy. So wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. So we're back to can can be defrauded? I, I thought we got away from that. I was so exhausted. Playing your guitar, sweating out the hate. The days and the nights all feel the same. Have we heard this story before? So Republicans get caught up in yet another election rigging scheme. And where are they? They're flat footed. So the Michigan GOP doesn't have anybody to gather their own signatures. They rely on whomever. They don't do background checks on the, on the signature gathers. Guys, when we recruited people to do online community management at the RNC 10 years ago, more than that. Oh my goodness. More than that. Oh, wow. Like, 11, 12 years ago, 12 years ago, we did background checks on them to be volunteer community managers on a website. We did background checks. In order to use our call from home app, we did background checks. We checked the voter file. We made sure they voted Republican, not just in one election either. We did criminal background checks. I think of that song that was playing. I think of what played as I walked in or as I was driving up into the diner. So weary. Whiskey has been I don't drink. A thorn in your side, it doesn't forgive. The highway that calls for your heart inside. This ain't no place to Sometimes just I become so weary to you. And there was that father, and he's eating with his little girl. And I ordered, if you want to know. Um, the chili and cheese omelet, skip the cheese, skip the toast, skip the cakes. I went with hash browns and cottage cheese. It was after a big workout, some thousand calories gross. So about 800 net burns. And I'm just show prepping. And what I'm doing guys is I'm just pulling up what came up in the news 
So what do we have? We have the GOP. They can't be bothered to get their own signature gatherers, or maybe it's illegal and they don't protest that, or they don't monitor the signature gatherers. They don't, they don't demand to see these because it's public record. They're not going to fight this substantially. They're going to let this one go. And we're not going to yell and scream about vote fraud. We're not going to go immediately take this to court. I don't see Mitchell McConnell calling it this vote fraud when it is. I don't see the RGA coming out and saying it's fraud, which it sounds like it is. Oh, they can't be bothered. I mean, there's, they've got the Ukraine war to fight. We're at war. Don't you know? And when I do this sort of news gathering, it's, it's lazy. I'm, I'm eating lunch. And at this time, the plate had gotten there. And, and it's this bad habit of using the phone just to scan the headlines because show prep is always happening. Then I see this. In addition to this insanity of who is being allowed to be in the Sussman trial in terms of the jury, have you seen this? The, the people, the backgrounds of the people being allowed onto the jury um, in the Michael Sussman case, uh, he's the disgraced um, so-called lawyer for Hillary Clinton. And look, I look at law firms like Perkins Coie as absolute scum money, money launderers. They're the worst actors in politics pretending to lawyer. And I say that as someone who, who was actually really proud that Perkins, uh, Perkins Coie as our litigators back in the startup days. My lawyer, Susan, from Perkins Coie was incredible. And that used to be a credible and great firm. And they legitimately helped young entrepreneurs get going. They had, a, they had a whole program for that. If they dug what you were doing, they'd reduce their rates. Oh, yeah, they'd take some equity. But they'd put skin in the game. Judge Cooper has approved to be on the jury in the Michael Sussman case. A woman whose child knows Sussman's daughter. Got it. A man who donated to Hillary Clinton. Got it. A woman who may have donated to Hillary Clinton. Got it. Woman whose husband worked for the 2008 Clinton campaign. And a juror who believes the, the legal system is racist. On the jury. Uh, but it's all going to be fine. And then I read this as I'm doing the show prep. <laughs> FBI leadership was fired up about the alleged secret channel between Trump and Russian bank and the Sussman trial. One agent said, uh, said opening the Trump-Russian investigation was not an option. It was a must do it. Fired up, baby. FBI leadership, including then-director Jimmy Comey, were fired up about the alleged covert, communi covert communications channel between the Trump Organization and Russia's Alpha Bank in the days after Michael Sussman brought the allegations to the Bureau, according to the testimony and documents revealed in that trial. We now know, of course, that he was working for Hillary Clinton. We now know that she gave the okay to release this garbage, black ops, conjured, fake oppo. We know that this ultimately, of course, led to the FISA courts giving the FBI the right to spy on President Trump's campaign and Trump Tower. We know all of that. They know we know they got the warrant renewed. We're told that the FISA court was deeply upset and decided to do some things, but we don't get to know what, because in the United States of America, where we're governed at the consent of the governed, we have a secret star chamber of a court that plays inside baseball with insiders. And some people never see punishment where other people like General Flynn have their lives utterly decimated.
And all they needed to do was scan the headlines. I thought that they were done eating the father and the daughter. I thought they were just having a snack and then the big food came out. <laughs> and I'm trying not to be a pest. I'm sitting, you know, 40 feet back and I could see the back of the father's head and, and this just cutest little child. And her food comes and her eyes get big. She looks up at her dad and gets this wide mouth like, for me? All of this? And her dad's reaching across and cutting her pancakes for her. And she's sitting back and then she stops him and she decides to cut her own pancakes. And he's quite conscious of this beautiful dress she was in. And I heard him kind of caution her. Don't spill on the dress. Mom will kill us. And then she started to eat the pancakes. And you know how little kids, they're, 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 they eat with silverware, but it's still sort of this new experience and her elbows were up really high because the table was uncomfortably high for her. But dang it, when she, she took that first bite of pancake, oh, that look in her face. Now it's a treat. And I'm back to show prep. And I'm just back to scanning the headlines. And that song just kept coming into my head. The weary kind. This ain't no place to lose your mind. And I went back to the headlines. And it should never be this easy. I mean, it's just this easy. Just, just scanning through the Fox News app. Now, I mean, in defense of the world, this is what Fox News does. This is what a good news organization does. They feed you the headlines that you're likely to look at. And this comes up and it's so predictable. And everything we're talking about here is so preventable. Everything. You know, if you're going to want to have good elections, have election day. Make people sign in the presence of people. Make their BID. It's a bad law that you need a petition to get on the governor's ballots anyway, but that's Michigan's issue. But that's completely solvable. The GOP thing is completely solvable. You are on the street at all times with everybody. You never rely on third parties. Utterly solvable, all of it. The FBI, completely solvable. Fire people who do this stuff. Have in, not just, you don't have to request to review. These are our employees. We never should have had to wait to get these emails. And in terms of redactions, why do you get to make redactions presumptively? Why don't you have to make an argument before a judge to retract this or that? And speaking of judges, how is it that we have a system where the federal government puts itself on trial? Because that's what happens. You have the feds putting the feds on trial in a federal court with a federal judge. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the federal judge is going to twist things in favor of the federal government. But there needs to be some form of separation. And there also needs to be an equaling. See, when the feds decide to go after you, they have a bottomless pit of money. They don't pay a stinking dime. If they blow past their budget, they, they take more money because Washington, D.C. has the perfect business model. If they want more money, they take more money. 
If they blow past their budget, they put it on the national credit card. And next year they ask for more money. Whereas if you're defending yourself, you're going to run out of money right quick. And just like the people at Microsoft or Google or Facebook or any big company, when they get sued by somebody or they're suing an individual, they'll, they'll pull a soft credit report. They'll find any way they can to access your financial information. If they're suing you, they'll just demand it. They'll look and see how much money do you have? How much until they're broke? How much until they're bankrupt? And they'll bury you in paper to the point that you can't pay lawyers anymore. Well, you can't do that with the government. There needs to be an equaling of the system. We need to constrain the power of government in terms of suing individuals. So then I get to the next headline and it's so utterly predictable. It's the, it's, it's not just predictable, but it's so preventable and it's so easily it's in fact, it's just this, this was allowed to happen because even a passive agreement to follow the law. And I mean, just even passive, just, Oh, let's Hey, you know what today? Let's follow the law. And we wouldn't have had this circumstance. So why am I telling this story from the perspective of the cafe? I'll tell you in a second. I answered an email yesterday from a guy. Um, his, what was his name? Ron, who is really, really struggling back and forth with dropping unwanted fat from his body and really struggling with the costs and, and, and the emotional separation from the foods you love. Let me present it to you this way. If you're in that position, are you in that position where you're on the fence and, and you're looking at soda weight loss, SOTA weight loss.com. You know, my wife has been thrilled with the program, utterly thrilled. Um, the fat is, is falling off her body at a fast, but sustainable rate. Exactly. Just about exactly the amount of fat they told her they want her to lose every week. That's so important because the body barely notices it never kicks into panic mode. Your body can kick into a mode where it is going to lock fat loss down and it can be so bad. If you, if you throw your body into shock during weight loss, you could say burn 3000 calories a day and only eat a thousand and your body will find a way to lock that calories, lock the fat on your body. How? Oh, it'll do things like choose to, to burn muscle instead. So you don't want it burning muscle. Because your body doesn't want to give up the fat. If it's in shock, it says, man, we're holding on to that fat because that's good, solid energy. But we can do away with some muscle. So if you're in that position where you know you want to drop this fat, you know you have to drop this fat, but you have the emotional hang up thinking, man, I love having dinner with my family. I love having dinner with my friends. I love the taste of food and I'm worried about the cost structure. Let me just present this to you. I just talked about a chili omelet. I didn't like the cheese they have at that restaurant. I would have had cheese on it. Hash browns. Uh, cottage cheese, by the way, as well. How can I do that and maintain 150 pounds of weight loss? Because I've learned how to do it. Now, I don't eat that way all the time, but when I want to, I do. And in terms of the cost, guys, I just had sinus surgery and then a rotator cuff surgery. And I am very, very active. 
the cost of inactivity adds up to things like bypass surgeries. And then it's months and months and months off work. Or it adds up to your joints going out sooner. And then all of a sudden the insurance company says, oh, you know what? You spent through your benefits. Now you only get two joint surgeries. And by the way, the separation from food, you're going to love food in a new way. I, I had the experience of coming back from dropping 150 pounds that I've not put back on. And what I just had today is a luxury meal and I love it. Get started with this. Get over the hang up. It's sodaweightloss.com. S-O-T-A weightloss.com. So from my little perspective in the, um, in the diner, with that cynical song that came on from the movie, the Jeff Bridges movie, Crazy Heart, I'm doing the news as I'm periodically glancing up and, and, and watching this, this incredibly beautiful scene of this man having breakfast with his little girl who, for whatever reason, was in her very best dress, I'm guessing. And man, I don't know. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. The favorite picture I have of myself and my daughter was when we went to the Kennedy Center and she wore an incredible, just bright red dress. And I let her pick out my tie and she picked out a tie I never would have wore on my own. It was a bright red tie and it matched her dress exactly. And it is now the only tie I continue to own. I have tossed every other tie in, in, the, in my collection because I don't want to wear ties anymore. But not that one and I'll never toss it. So I'm looking at this beautiful scene and then I look back and I see this headline. The New York City subway shooter of Goldman Sachs banker has 19 prior arrests. Manhunt continues for third day. The NYPD video shows a person of interest, Andrew Abdullah, hand the gun to a homeless man after the deadly shooting of Daniel Enriquez. Oh, sounds like a hate crime to me. Well, no, let's look at the names. Andrew Abdullah, Daniel, and, and Daniel Enriquez, he seems like a... <laughs> I, don't, I guess they're not reporting a racial angle to this anymore. Do we do that anymore? As the manhunt continues Tuesday for the man accused of gunning down a Goldman Sachs employee on a New York City subway in broad daylight over the weekend, police have named a person being sought and revealed um, that the surveillance video shows he allegedly handed the murder weapon to a homeless man after the deadly shooting. 19 priors. If only this could have been prevented, like the, the, the 18th time or 17th or 16th, and you get my point. This didn't happen. This was allowed to happen. There was almost no way to have it not happen in this system when you don't try criminals, when you don't put them away. This is how bad it is in New York and how good it is that we're witnessing this, that the Lord is revealing this to us. If they simply would have said, hey, let's, let's put really dangerous people in jail cells for a long time. Let's do that. This would not have occurred. Do you see the connection to the song, The Weary Kind? I mean, yeah, it's a music review. Yeah, I missed the part about the bass drum in it, and that's an interesting choice given the acoustic nature of the song. I think there's some strings in the background. But the song is a cynical and bleak song. 
And it's sort of giving advice that this ain't no place to lose your minds. what I was doing is I was just spending my time where I should be taking a break from news and I'm just sucking it down like the addict I used to be. And it's part of my job. But then this, I ate, I thought about paying their bill secretly, just saying to the waiter, hey, do me a favor. Let me pay the bill for the father and his daughter. Just because I've got such great memories of my daughter at that age. And then I tossed that around in my mind thinking, what do I know? That guy could be a multimillionaire. That could be an insult. And also, what am I teaching the little girl? You're cute, so people pay you, pay for you to have lunch because you're a cutie and, and you wear a cute dress. What's, that's creepy. Or am I just saying to the dad, oh, it's so extraordinary that you took your daughter to breakfast. You deserve to have someone pay your way because you took your daughter to breakfast because fathers don't do that. It could come across as so incredibly insulting. And so I didn't do it. And I walked out and I took one more glance down at her plate <laughs> and she had arranged her foods she had her foods arranged so that there was the pancakes all on one side. And um, I guess I'm guessing dad had her made her have eggs because they were, they were untouched. They were all pushed to one side and she had little sausages, but she, she was, I, I could see her moving them around and she cut them into little tiny discs. And I just took this glance and I looked back at the father and, and he gave me the father look. He gave me the, you are grandpa age look. And he knew, he knew I was remembering. And maybe somewhere in his heart, he thought, wow, one day I'm going to have gray hair and this little girl across from me is going to be in her thirties or a teen. And I was thinking about all of that. And I said a little silent prayer, Lord God, protect that little one. You know, there's the thief and the murderer. Satan is on the march. Just protect her. Just keep that relationship tight. Let that father speak the, the, the word of God to her. Use the sword that is the word of God to, to defend her. Wrap her, Lord, in your armor. Cement that relationship. Guard that sacred relationship. And even that was sort of a cynical prayer. And I don't want to be that way all the time. But there's a turn to this. And this is the magic of the Lord. To me, this is a God thing. 
full on. Because God operates in such utterly mysterious ways. I walked out to the truck and there's a thing about, I've learned about Bluetooth and, and Apple. They're pretty smart. They have the Apple Bluetooth, you know, connection. We'll decide it wants to play music for you if you've played any music at all. And a song started playing randomly out of my playlist. And it brought this completely, it brought it to a completely different point for me. Absolutely different point. Um, Tim Cruikshank, the founder of Bone Frog Coffee, founder and CEO, is a 25-year Navy veteran and a Navy SEAL. He's a combat veteran and he is a dad. <laughs> and Tim knows what it is to make promises to our kids. Um, he, he and his family made a promise to their kids and then the tough time came up. And man, I hope one day Tim will tell his full story. You know, he's building a world-class coffee company with world-class brews. I just mentioned that I'm having the Zen roast for the afternoon coffee. There are the dark roast. There's the Frogman roast. Um, there is any delivery system at all. Just get a note from a listener who hadn't yet bought Bonefrog because they didn't, he didn't know they had K-cups. He's been buying a coffee from Costco. He told me he felt so good when they got through the last Costco K-cups because he knows Costco's all bent leftist all woke mask, forcing people to get injected, hating on conservatives. He loved that that last K-cup was gone. And he heard me say K-cup with Bonefrog, bought it, world changing. Well, in the midst of the family challenge that Tim and his wife face, and it is a serious challenge. They kept their promise to their kids and they went on this trip. Because of course, hey, Navy SEALs keep their word. There is the word on the back of every single bag of bone frog coffee, it says God, country, and team. And I've asked Tim, hey, what happens when Costco comes to you and says, oh yeah, we'll, we'll put your coffee in our short stores, but it cannot say God on it. God, country, team. Tim said, I won't do it. It's non-negotiable. Never, ever leaves the bags. So a guy that keeps his promise to his kids that way, keeps a promise in the bags that way, is dedicated to flavor and the richness of coffee because he turned to a mentor who knows the coffee world better than most people, top 5% of coffee makers in the world, Dave Stewart. You got the full package. And then there's this to you, a commitment to you. Tim is so grateful for our relationship that he's created the bonefrog.us subscription plan. You will get 5% off for the rest of your life on Bonefrog Coffee when you go to bonefrog.us. Lock in your rates now. Always a 5% discount. It's bonefrog.us. Make sure you use the .us. There were two songs that came on to my playlist, popped up on their own, of their own accord because of the Apple algorithm. And this is also a little mini music review. Uh, one of my most cherished artists is a guy named Grant Lee Phillips, who was in a band named Grant Lee Buffalo. And he is a fascinating guy, um, probably a liberal, lives high up in the mountains of, of, of Denver. And he has a cabin he lives in with his family that's totally off grid. He has a recording studio in it and TVs. But in order for the family to use that or for Grant to record, he has to sit down on a bike 
and pedal his heart out to build energy up into a battery so he can then have the privilege of recording music. At least this is how he used to live. And it comes through in the songs. I've often described this guy as sounding like he's 10,000 years old, although he wrote these songs in his mid-20s. This is with his band, Grant Lee Buffalo, um, whom I had the pleasure to watch warm up for Cheap Trick in a very small club in Salt Lake City. It was maybe, maybe 300 people, if that. And we had the unbelievable pleasure of sitting right up front for Grant Lee Buffalo and then, of course, Cheap Trick. This song is called It's the Life. And like the song that we just heard, it's something that anybody could play in their front room. It's remarkable in a way and not remarkable. Um, The chords are super simple. It's a cycle, just like the last song. It's a cycle, a chord cycle. And it began to play automatically in the car as I was stepping in, having wasted my lunch not just engrossing myself in joy that fathers and daughters still go out to lunch together, not just celebrating that, not sitting there and enjoying the taste of this meal, not sitting there and thanking the Lord for a cafe that has the word of God on their walls, that proudly displays biblical verses around the walls, that has been opened and thriving for 30 some years, a a family owns this place. Instead of sitting there in gratitude, and enjoying the bounty that God had set before me, including the bounty of this emotional connection, two songs came on that immediately snapped me back into a different view. So I've given my mini music review of It's the Life by Grant Lee Buffalo. This is the song. And it's about choosing the way we view the world. It's the life you have created buried you in luxuries outdated and you ask what is the purpose too weak to claw your way up to the surface you resent all of your trophies baby little human spirit like time that is ticking in your breast pocket And so you long to reach in and stop And then your heart, it will be broken And every sour word that you have spoken About everybody else To act upon yourself Yet the life you have created Is founded on jealousy and hatred This song goes on to wrap up with Grant saying over and over again It is the life you have created It is the life you have created There's a double meaning The life I created in the restaurant that day was not giving myself a respite from the scum. The pond scum of politics. Of not just eating a meal. And God surrounded me with beauty. 
Todd, my words are on the wall. Can you take a break, son? Right. The, the Lord's words are on the wall. My words are right there. Let not thy heart be troubled is right there. Shepherd's prayer is right over there. I have placed right where you can see her and him. A father and daughter where she is the age at which you were the happiest father and your daughter was the happiest little kid. They're doing what lives in your heart as the happiest times of your life in terms of being a dad. Lunch after an adventure. I presented this all to you and your face is looking at the pond scum of politics. And yeah, it's your job. But you are more than your job. And I'm speaking to all of us. One of the great tricks of the enemy is to have us in despair. To have us be capable of sitting in a room with the word of God surrounding us with his bounty. You walked into a restaurant and asked for something and they gave it to you. That's, uh, I mean, you think of the biblical days with the Hebrews that became the Jewish people in the desert for, for how, for 40 years. And I didn't even get cheese in my omelet. But it was the next song. It was the next song that brought this all home for me. And I hope it will help bring it home for you. And maybe you'll understand why I felt called to carry out this little thought experiment. And why I just walked into the studio with no show sheet. No incidentally, the songs are coming off my phone. I didn't even prep the songs. I'm glad the phone works this time. All I had to do was go through and rewind the songs that played in the car. Um, if you email us, if you go to the ToddHermanShow.com, there's an email form. If you simply email us, you will also sign up to get our Substack emails. Those are the show notes. So if you listen to the show and you say, ooh, 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 this happened the other day. This happened um, when I was at physical therapy. My doctor, Dr. Ben, said, hey, who was that guy who said kill six billion people? Can, can, where did you get that? I said, oh, it's in my podcast. I just sent him the podcast. It's in the show notes. It's right here. So if you ever want those things at your disposal, what you can do is go through and click the ones that are interest you and then send them to your friends. And you don't even need to tell them it comes from this show. Because it's more important that we get people on the right side of things than it is that they subscribe to the show. But that said, if you get our Substack emails and it has our show notes, Julie has now inserted the podcast at the top of the Substack stuff. So when people get the email, it is so easy for you now to have people sample the show. Simply forward the Substack notes and write a little note from yourself. This is a podcast I really enjoy. 
if your friends, you know something, you know, obviously they're your friends, you know something about them, such as, hey, I, I know how seriously you take your faith. This guy left commercial radio to put God at the center. He's very conservative. I think you might dig this. That'd really help us grow. So it's the life you have created is what Grantley Buffalo said. Well, Grantley Phillips of Grantley Buffalo. It is the life you have created. And I was talking about the aspect of I created a 45-minute portion of my life where instead of enjoying God's intellectual bounty, artistic bounty, nutritional bounty, the bounty of the people around me, such as I didn't even get the waiter's name. I didn't even ask him how his day was going. I didn't engage him at all. I'm just this bitter old man staring at my phone. And then this wistful old man remembering, woe is me. My daughter doesn't think I'm all the world anymore. She loves me, but, but I'm not magic dad. And, and being wistful and sentimental and, and dang it, I can't lift as much weight as I used to. And, and I hope that comes back. Although it's exciting to train and lift again. And oh, I just allowed it to just become this, this life I had created. And then there's the life. God gave us the privilege to help create. And that was the next song. Grant Lee played that song you just heard. And I did the little music review, which means I have rights to play the song. Ah, 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 get what I did there. Um, and then this song came on. Oh, the, the singing is way off. And you speak of out of tune guitars. Oh, it's out of tune. Oh, the video is awful. It's a horrible video. The guy singing uh, weighs 150 more pounds than he does now. And he's wearing a ridiculous long underwear shirt because it was comfortable. Sitting downstairs on a, on a burned out old couch with a guitar he didn't take the time to really tune. The little girl in the video though, oh, she's so cute. She's got pink pants on and a white shirt. And the white shirt has a, um, a drawing of a scene from the Lord of the Rings on it, the hobbits in her hair, blonde hair is in a ponytail. And her hand is on her dad's left arm as he's playing. And he just made up the chords. Well, he didn't make up the chords. The little girl was singing the music and he figured out what the chords would be or could be. This is a video you can't see, but you can hear the song of me so long ago, playing music with my little girl. She was about that little girl's age. And here's the news. God has not taken from us the ability to participate in the creation of life. 
In fact, he has not canceled the command that we be fruitful and multiply. He's not canceled his love for the family. He has not canceled his love for his family. He wants his family reunited. He wants us back with him. While that exists, the ability to utterly rebuild exists. While the minds are young and people are still having kids, we can rebuild the entire thing. Now, there are people like me, my mid-50s, I have no ability to relate to wanting to extend life artificially. That's me. I stand ready to go to the Lord. I'm not seeking it. I do everything I can to stay healthy. I want to be with my family as long as I can. And then there's this, the young people. It can seem as if we should all just sit and say, come Lord Jesus, Armageddon, let it come, end it. But then what about all these potential little lives? I'm not talking about embryos being potential lives. They are life. I'm talking about the potential lives. The ones yet to be born. The party, no doubt, no doubt, has us cornered. But to use the vernacular of the left, <laughs> we can outbreed them. We can outteach them. But more fundamental to this, we can outlove them. I don't know the math. I don't know how, what percentage of Americans must ask for redemption. I don't know. For the Lord to actually come in and, and clean up America. I don't know if we have time for that. I don't know when the Lord will come back. No one does. But while he still gives us the opportunity to participate in the creation of life and breakfasts one-on-one between doting dads and happy little girls, we can outlove them. If we can outlove them, we can outlast them. Because the Lord, if you think I was happy with that day and that family, imagine how the Lord sees it with billions across time, billions a potential breakfast with little girls and their fathers. This is the Todd Herman Show. I hope the experiment was okay. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and let us all take a moment, breathe, and thank the Lord for everything.